You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. This is one thing we as victorious Christians should avoid, unfaithfulness. We should be faithful, faithful in everything that the Lord has given us, faithful with our money, faithful with our spouses, faithful with our families, faithful with whatever we do. We know that God has given us this faithfulness and wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be good stewards of that which he has given us. There are several things we should avoid in order to live a victorious Christian life. In today's message, Pastor Dave will encourage us to make sure that we are being faithful servants in all areas of our lives. Will you be found faithful when the Lord calls you to give an account? Be faithful, even in the little, today. Well, let's join Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 19 with part two of his message, Things the Victorious Christian Avoids. David, God says, was a man after his own heart. Wow. Why? Because he accepted what God had for him, and he never stopped praising his Lord. He never stopped serving his Lord, and he always remembered his Lord, his God. Even though God had told him these things were going to happen to you. And even when David numbered the Israelites, when he wasn't supposed to number them a second time, he numbered them, and God said, okay, I'm going to have to punish you. And he gave him a list of things that were going to happen. He could choose. And David had to choose the punishment. And he was responsible for so many men dying again. But God called him a man after his own heart. Because David accepted the consequences and was true in his heart to God. He wrote those words, a broken and contrite heart I will not despise. Cursed be their anger, Jacob said about Levi and Simeon. The real problem was their anger. They slew the man in anger. And the anger was sin because it was rooted in their selfishness and their self-will. And they hamstrung the ox. The Bible speaks of ungodly anger. It also speaks of godly anger. In the great book of Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. And then it speaks of ungodly anger. In Ephesians 4, 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, Anger be put away from you. Often the difference between godly and righteous anger is ungodly anger is self-will. It's a selfishness that we have deep within us and that anger. We talk to people about anger. How do you stop your mouth? You keep your tongue behind the cage. It's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do because when you're angry, the first thing you want to do is you want to lash out. You want to lash out. It's very, very difficult. It says, be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. It's very difficult. Very difficult. The Christian who's living a victorious life should avoid ungodly anger. We should avoid it. At all costs, we should always try to avoid it. And folks, it's just not easy sometimes. It's just not easy sometimes. 
But only by yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit can we do this. Only by allowing the Holy Spirit full realm of our life can this happen. And you can be going along so good controlling your anger. And then somebody cuts you off on the highway and boom, you've lost it. You're done. Satan knows how to get to you. He knows how to make you fall. Jacob says, I'm going to divide them and scatter them. And the prophecy of dividing and scattering turned out to be a curse for Simeon. It turned out to be a curse for Simeon because he was swallowed up. The tribe of Simeon basically became no more. He became the weakest and numerical because at one time, he was one of the largest tribes. Simeon was one of the largest tribes at one time. But he lost about 63% of his people during the wanderings. I will scatter them. The prophecy became a curse for Simeon, but it became a blessing for Levi. Remember Levi? He didn't get any inheritance because God was his inheritance. Simeon got swallowed up. Levi got the Lord. Now you might be scratching your head and said, wait a minute here, there's some disparity upon this one, Dave. The sovereignty of God. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion, and I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. The sovereignty of God. Both were scattered, but one was a blessing and the other one was a curse. So as we move on, we come to the tribe of Zebulon. The tribe of Zebulon. The third lot came out of the children of Zebulon, according to their families, and the border of their inheritance was as far as Sarid. The border went down the west, and the Maralop went to that town, and then extended along the brook that is east of Jopkinin. Then from Sardid it went eastward toward the sunrise along the border of Chizoth Tabor. This was the inheritance of the children of Zebulon, according to the families, these cities with their villages. Zebulon. They were given the area between the Sea of Galilee and the Mediterranean, once again, according to Jacob's prophecy. If you look at Jacob's prophecy for Zebulon, verse 13, Zebulon shall dwell by the haven of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall adjoin Sidon. So I went online and I started searching through other maps. And there are other maps that have Zebulon touching the Sea of Galilee. And they have Zebulon also touching the Mediterranean Sea. There are other maps that show this. So if you take those maps, then then Jacob's prophecy would come true. All right? But what was the tribe of Zebulon known for? They were known for their faithfulness. They were known for their faithfulness to David because when David needed an army, it was the tribe of Zebulon that sent the most men to King David to fight the wars. 1 Chronicles 12, 33. Of Zebulun, there were 50,000 who went to battle, expert in war with all the weapons, stout-hearted men who would keep the ranks. They were faithful. And this is one thing we as victorious Christians should avoid. Unfaithfulness. We should be faithful. Faithful in everything that the Lord has given us. Faithful with our money, faithful with our spouses, faithful with our families, faithful with whatever we do. We know that God has given us this faithfulness and wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be good stewards of that which he has given us. We've received here at Calvary Chapel an abundance. I want to be able to use it according to God's word. I don't want to be one of those men 
that God gave the one talent to. And he dug a hole and stuck it in there and said, well, I know you're a hard man, so I stuck it in a hole and here it is. Jesus didn't like that so much. He railed against them. He said, hey, God, yeah, wait, you, you at least couldn't put it in a bank and get interest? So he took what he had and gave it to one of the other guys. And then there was weeping and bad dental work, gnashing of teeth. I don't want to be one of those guys. Well, I want to be one who's considered faithful. You're faithful in the little things, and God will make you faithful in the many things, in the much. But we must be faithful. First of all, faithful to our God. Faithful to Him. And then, faithful to His people. Faithful to one another. We're to love one another. That's, that's the second commandment that Jesus said. He said, these are the best commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, body, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. All these rest the entire Ten Commandments. You don't need any more. Do those and you'll do well. That's what we're called to do. So as I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, I can love others. And I I can show that love to others. I want to be considered faithful. Unfaithfulness is a horrible trait. It's a horrible trait, and I would never want that to be hung on me or any of you or on Calvary Chapel as a whole. Oh, they're unfaithful. They don't do what they say they're going to do. It's horrid. It's horrid. In verses 17 through 23, we come to the land of Iskachar. Iskachar. Let's butcher this. The fourth lot came out of Iskachar for the children of Iskachar according to their families. And their territory went to Jezreel and included Chezeloth, Shunem, Haparin, Shinon, Anarath, Rabbith, Kishon, Abez, Remeth, El, ah, forget it. And the border reached Tabor and those places. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Iskatar, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. I'm not trying to belittle God's word, please. It, they're very difficult to pronounce. Let's look at the prophecy. Look at the prophecy of Jacob in chapter 49 for Ishkatar. Verse 14 and 15. 14 and 15. Ishkatar is a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. He saw the rest was good and that the land was pleasant. And he bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. Says he's strong as an ox, but he's lazy. He's strong as an ox, but he's lazy. And thus the characteristic of the tribe of Ishkatar was one that they were so strong, but yet they were lazy, and they were so lazy that they ended up being servants. They ended up being slaves in servitude. Ishkatar was a large tribe. It was third in size. And because of their size and abundance, they were often targets of aggressive armies that came in. And they put them to servitude, and thus they became a band of slaves. And it's very interesting about this. Their land is south of the Sea of Galilee, and it's in a magnificent fertile valley. It's a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful valley, and it's known as the Valley of Jezreel. A gorgeous, beautiful plain. Anybody know what it's going to be called? Armageddon. It's Megiddo. Plain of Megiddo. The Battle of Armageddon will take place there. Victorious Christians, we must avoid 
laziness. We must avoid being slothful. We must avoid being the appearance of being lazy. This is what happened to this tribe. And they became servants. They became servants because they were overtaken by so many others. So many others. In verse 24, in, back in Joshua, we come to the land of Asher. The land of Asher. The fifth lot came out of the tribe of the children of Asher according to their families. And their territory included Helkath, Hali, Betan, Ashsath, Amalamalek, Ammon, and Mishkal. It reached the Mount Carmel westward along the brook Shinhor Libna. It turned toward the sunrise to Beth Dagon, and it reached Zebulun and to the valley of Jephalathel. Then northward beyond Beth Imek and Ael, bypassing Kabul, which was on the left, including Ebron, Rehoth, Hammon, and Cana, as far as Greater Sidon. The border turned to Ramah, and then the fortified city of Tyra. Then the border turned to Hasha, and ended the sea by the region of Akzib. Also, Umna, Apek, and Rehob were included. Twenty-two cities in their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families, these cities in their villages. Now, it's really interesting to me that the prophecy of Jacob for Asher, basically in verse 20 in 49 said, Bread from Asher shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. Moses again took up this prophecy regarding Asher. And Asher is one of the most blessed sons of Jacob. He became favored by his brothers, it says, by Moses in Deuteronomy 33, 24. And they're going to dip his foot in oil. And remember, oil always represents the Spirit. Oil always represents the Spirit of God in Scripture. So Asher is going to be full of the Spirit. Although Asher doesn't go down in history as being a very prominent tribe, there is a special mention of the tribe of Asher that stands out. Anybody know what that is? The tribe of Asher does stand out, and it is in the New Testament. Luke 2, beginning in verse 36. In Luke chapter 2, remember, at the end of the chapter, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. They give their sacrifice of two turtle doves because they were poor. And they meet Simeon, remember? And Simeon says, my eyes have seen the Messiah. Well, they meet someone else, and her name is Anna. Now, there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow for about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She becomes a witness of Jesus Christ. She's from Asher. I love it. What do I get from this? It's not about her strength or the power of the tribe that is remembered. What is remembered about the the, the tribe of Asher? Remember the oil. What is remembered about her is her spiritual sensitivity. Her spiritual sensitivity of the older woman as she looks. And she becomes the notoriety of the tribe of Asher. 
I love this about her spiritual sensitivity. Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you allowed yourself to become familiar with the Holy Spirit? Allow Him to empower you and show you and guide you? Are you sensitive to His movings and, and His comings and goings? Are you sensitive to His voice? Do you have discernment? Are you spiritually sensitive on things that are happening? That's what I see in this woman. She doesn't come in by power. The tribe of Asher doesn't come in by power and rip things apart. They don't come in by force. They come in like Zechariah said, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. A wonderful thing. The victorious Christian trusts in the Holy Spirit. What do we avoid as the victorious Christian? We avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. We avoid quenching the Holy Spirit in our lives. As a victorious Christian, we welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives and He leads and guides us into the truth of Jesus Christ. He shows us magnificent things. I see that in this Asher, this tribe. Wonderful things happen here. Verse 32, back in Joshua 20, looking at the land of Naphtali, the land of Naphtali, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali, for the children of Naphtali according to their families. And their border began at Helipha, enclosing the territory from the Terbith tree in Zanaman, Adai, Nebkep, Janiel, as far as Latcom, and ended in Jordan. From Helipha, the border extended west to Asnoth, Tabor, and went out towards Hukkok, it adjourned Zebulon on the south side and Asher on the west side and ended at Judah by the Jordan towards sunrise. And then he gives all the cities right there to 39. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali. Zebulon and Naphtali became famous in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 4. They became as famous as they were called the Galilee of the Gentiles. The Galilee of the Gentiles, and it was the key portion was near the Sea of Galilee, a region where Jesus did much of his teaching. Jesus did much of his teaching while he was there. And it's fittingly that it says that he will be godly words. Because look at the prophecy for Natalie. 21 in Genesis 49. Natalie is a deer let loose. He uses beautiful words. He uses beautiful words. I like that. When Jesus had heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulon and Natali, that it might be filled, which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Natali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in a region, the shadow of death, light is dawn. That's Matthew 4, 12 through 16. Isaiah had prophesied that in that land, these people would see a great light. And it's no coincidence that in that land, our Lord and Savior Jesus did most of his teaching. For they have seen this great light. Light was shown upon the darkness. Light was shown into the darkness. We're reminded of the scripture that we've been pulled out of the darkness into his marvelous light. I'm reminded of the scripture in Matthew also. I think it's Matthew 5. Let your light shine. Why? So that men might see your good works and glorify who? 
your Father in heaven. We are the light of the world now, Jesus says. He is the light of the world, and he's placed that light in us. And we are to go forth and bear that light and show that light to all people. And that's what I see happening here. These gorgeous scriptures. These gorgeous scriptures. Lastly, the last tribe that we're going to look at is Dan. In verses 40 through 48 of Joshua 20. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families. The territory of their inheritance was Zorah, Escalope, and all bunch of cities there that I can't pronounce. In verse 46 is important. Me, Jarkon, and Kerah with the region near Joppa. And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and took it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. They called Leshem Dan after the Dan of their father. This in the inheritance of the tribe and the children of Dan, according to their families and the cities of the villages. The prophecy in Genesis 49 is interesting. In Genesis 49, about Dan, it says, Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path, that bites the horse's heels, so that its riser shall fall backward. It's interesting. Dan became a troublesome tribe. Dan did become a troublesome tribe. In Judges 18, verse 30, they were the ones that introduced idolatry to Israel. They're on the northern border there. So they were susceptible to various things coming down and enforcing them. It was in Dan that Jeroboam set up one of his idolatrous golden calves. You can find that in 1 Kings 12. And later, Dan became the center of idol worship in all of Israel. You can find that in Amos 8.14. Now, what about this serpent? What about this serpent? It's interesting. There's a theory, and again, I remind you, it's just theory, that the serpent referred to here is the Antichrist, as mentioned in Daniel 11.37 and Jeremiah 8.16. The serpent coming from the tribe of Dan is the Antichrist. Interesting, because you can read those prophecies in Daniel 11.37 and Jeremiah 8.16 and look at those. So, Dan allows all this idolatry to come into Israel. They're responsible for allowing Israel to be taken away into idolatry, where they're serving foreign gods. They're serving gods of stone and iron and gold. So what happens? Well, when you read Revelation 5, verses 5 through 8, it gives a list of the tribes for the 144,000. Dan is left out. Hmm. Could that be the reason? Plausible, but this is what I love about our God. This is what I love about our God. There is a list of the tribes in Ezekiel 48. When they have the millennial roll call of the tribes in Ezekiel 48. And guess who's listed? Dan. God's grace before our eyes. God tells us in Joshua 1.9, To be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What encouragement that is. God is with us wherever we go, just as he was with his people the Israelites on their journey into the promised land. Do you know the love and strength the Lord can give you? If you haven't yet discovered the power of a personal relationship with Jesus, we'd like to tell you more. Please give us a call at 609 
888-884-5821. And we'll be happy to introduce you to the one who will change your life forever. You can also send us an email at info at capewatchradio.com. That's info at capewatchradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to get involved in a church community to help fuel your passion for Jesus and support you on this journey. If you are in the Cape May, New Jersey area, why not come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May? We'd love to have you join us for our time of fellowship, worship, and Bible study with Pastor Dave. We gather together every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You'll find our address and driving directions by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com or by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in to Cape Watch Radio. Pastor Dave will continue walking verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Joshua. When you join us next time, may God bless you today and always.